All right, we've come a long way in this 10-part course, Scripture 101, an introduction to Scripture. We've covered a lot of topics. What is divine revelation, inspiration and inerrancy? How did we get the Bible? Talking about dark passages of Scripture. How to interpret the Bible. Um, what, who is Jesus Christ? All of these different topics. But ultimately, they all culminate in this 10th and final lesson, which is the Bible and prayer. Because... Without prayer, the scripture really loses its full force because it truly is, as we said in our first lesson, our, our Heavenly Father's love letter to us. He wants to speak to us. He wants to communicate to us in this loving dialogue, okay? So to begin this lesson, I wanted to open up with Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, which in your notes, if you look at it, it goes like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But in here's I have this highlighted for a reason. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on his law day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. All right, this is a beautiful passage. And really, these three verses, we'll talk about this another time, but these three verses really opens up the entirety of the Psalter, all 150 Psalms. It's really kind of an unpacking or an application of these three verses. But what I've emphasized for you here is that the man who is who is wise, the man who is like a tree yielding fruit in its season, is the man who did or and woman <laughs> who dedicates himself to meditating on the law day and night. And there are so many other passages that I could have mentioned here. Uh, the great Shema prayer we've talked about that multiple times. Uh, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one God, and you should meditate on the law when you wake up, and when you go down to sleep, and you walk in the path. It's basically, you are all in focusing on the law. Uh, we could talk about Joshua chapter 1, where God gives Joshua this pep talk, you know, focus on the law, don't depart from the right hand or the left hand, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this particular psalm is really beautiful. These verses are really beautiful, because in order to be successful, in order to prosper, it says, in all that he does, he prospers. Why? Because he meditates on the law. He doesn't just read the laws and academic treaties. He meditates and focuses on the law day and night. Like this is his, as we're going to see later, his daily bread. Okay. All right. So let's just do a couple introductory remarks before we dive into the Bible and prayer and exactly what the, the history of the church gives us as a method, an art form, a surefire way to really engage in prayer and dialogue with God and reading the scriptures. But first I want to really emphasize this point that scripture is not, and this is Roman numeral one, scripture is not just an academic exercise where we're reading the Bible and we're trying to examine the various sources and the languages and how it came to us in its final form and the connections between the Old Testament, and the New Testament, and the typology and all this great stuff that we do together all the time. That stuff's awesome. It gives us goosebumps. It gives us chills to see the new and the old and the old revealed in the new. But it's not merely just an academic exercise. The scriptures are meant to go beyond the intellectual study of scripture to, to an application of the scriptures in our lives, where we have a personal relationship with God and a union with God through prayer. And so the classic example, first one I have on your notes here is Matthew chapter 4, verse 4, when Jesus is in the wilderness with the temptations and uh, his three temptations, and he defeats Satan by quoting scripture all the time. The first temptation, Jesus says, quoting Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now, this is awesome. There's so many great things to say here, but there's an analogy that Jesus is, is using 
really back in Deuteronomy, the analogy is like, look, even as our human physical bodies require daily sustenance, in the same way our spiritual souls require sustenance as well. Every single person, when they get hungry, they go and they eat to, to get strength, right? To get nourishment in order to proceed throughout the day. The same thing is true of our spiritual lives. In order to get nourishment, in order to get strength, we absolutely must feed our souls. And we don't want to feed our, our bodies with just pure junk all the time, nor do we want to feed our souls with junk either, with like whatever new age stuff that comes up on the, on the market or just kind of superficial bankrupt spirituality that might be peddled on the shelves. We want the word of God. That's the way we get true, delicious, delicious nourishment. So Jesus is saying, man does not live by bread alone to feed our, our physical bodies, but we must live on the bread of life. Right? That's the Eucharist, okay, first, body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord, but it's also the scriptures. Okay, so we need to have it every day. And that's the other thing I want to mention before we move on here in the course, the lecture is that simply, when you're hungry, you make time to eat. All right, unless you're fasting, when you're hungry, your body says, give me food, you're like, okay, here's, here's some food, I'm going to give you some food. <laughs> the same thing is true, you guys, with... Um, our souls, like we need to make time for, to make time to feed our souls, okay? We just don't go day after day after day without feeding our souls because otherwise we'll, we'll basically starve to death. And that's what's happening with too many people. So go to the scriptures to have a personal relationship with God. And I got this great quote for you here as well, Catechism 2653. The church forcefully and especially exhorts all the Christian faithful to learn the surpassing knowledge of Jesus Christ by the frequent reading of the divine scriptures. So again, the church encourages everybody, read the scriptures. However, it says, let them remember that prayer should accompany the reading of sacred scripture so that a dialogue takes place between God and man. And then this great quote from St. Ambrose, for we speak to him when we pray and when, we, and when we listen to him, we read the divine oracles. We speak to him when we pray and we listen to him when we read the scriptures. That's the beginning of the dialogue. And that's really going to be the whole content of today's lesson, which is how do we engage in dialogue with God by reading of the scriptures, the way that we've done in the history of the church for, for centuries and centuries here, okay? There's a couple of more quotes I have for you, I think, to kind of kick us off with this lecture. Uh, one I really love from Catechism 131. It says, And such is the force and power of the word of God that it can serve the church as her support and her vigor, but also the children of the church as strength for their faith, food for their soul. So there it is again, the, the daily bread. Give us our daily bread. And pure and lasting font of spiritual life. This is what the scriptures do for us. Strength for our faith, food for our soul, and a pure and lasting font of spiritual life. Hence, access to the scriptures ought to be open wide to all the Christian faithful. Right? There's a great quote from the Dave Arabin document of Vatican II here, but they're there here in the catechism. Scriptures must be open to all the faithful. And the church has always said this. I know that whenever I teach scripture, I've taught scripture for a long time now, people always come up to me and say, oh, you know, when I was a kid, my pastor told me not to read the Bible. And I'm not denying that. But the church has always said that we, all the faithful must have access to the scriptures. So for whatever reason, and there are probably many, you might have different priests, you know, in the early 20th century, mid 20th century, say don't read the scriptures. Um, but the church officially doesn't teach that. Go, let's look at Pope Clement the, the 11th back in the 18th century. He says, it is useful and necessary at all times, in all places, for every kind of person to study and know the spirit, the piety, and the mysteries of sacred scripture. This is Pope Clement XI, a long time ago, saying everyone, everywhere, should know and love the piety and mysteries of sacred scripture. 
and most recently, Benedict XVI says, I express my heartfelt hope for the flowering of a new season of greater love for sacred scriptures on the part of every member of the people of God, so that their prayerful and faith-filled reading of the Bible will, with time, deepen their personal relationship with Jesus. And that's what it's all about. Again, not just an intellectual study of Scripture, as amazing as that is, as important as that is actually for a prayerful reading of Scripture, but ultimately the goal is we're falling in love with Jesus. We have a personal relationship with Jesus because he speaks to us in the Scriptures, and then we speak back to him in our prayer. So that's going to be the topic of this lesson here, this 10th lesson of this series. Now let's go to part one, what is prayer? And then we're going to talk about how do we pray using the Scriptures. Hi, I'm Dr. Nick. Thank you so much for watching this clip. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did and you want to access the entire lesson and the entire course, come visit us over at scriptureandtradition.com and join our community of students. You'll be able to access all of my courses in the audio library. Plus, you'll be able to access my live courses whenever I teach a new topic on scripture or the Catholic faith. God bless you.